Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whatever time of day it is when you may be tuning in. This is Reverend Kay Mortimer with Covenant Truth Ministries, and this is today's episode of Truth Tidbits, episode 60. And today I want to be uh, talking about Peter's um, recognition of earthly pilgrims. I've titled it Earthly Pilgrims. And I'm drawing from First uh, Peter chapter 2. And I um, want us to consider this topic today. I feel like that this is important for us to recognize as Christians, as believers in Jesus Christ. And hopefully it will motivate us as we look at this. So I'll be looking at First Peter chapter 2, verse 11 today. And we will only get to the first section of verse 11 today. We'll pick up the rest of it another time. But here in verse 11 of chapter 2 of First Peter, he says this, Beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul. So today let's talk about the first part of that. First of all, he uses the word beg here. It is the word parakaleo. Now, if you're understanding anything about Greek or about the New Testament in particular toward this word, you will notice that it's very similar to the word when Jesus prophetically spoke about the Holy Spirit and he called him the comforter. It is the word parakletos. So it's very close and it means a similar thing. Peter is saying, I'm begging you, I'm calling you near to myself. I'm calling for you. I am summoning you or admonishing you. I'm instructing you. I am entreating and beseeching you. It even includes the word, of course, for comfort, which is how Jesus used it. So I'm going to strengthen you by consolation and comfort. I am inviting you. I am calling you near to this, and then he says, as, to, I beg you, as sojourners. Sometimes we skip over all the little words, but this is really talking about in the manner of, or even as you are. In other words, recognize who you really are, because you are really even as sojourners, and pilgrims, and that's as far as we want to get today. Let's look at these words for sojourners and pilgrims, and then let's see how this connects with the rest of Scripture or with other places in Scripture. And we won't, <clears throat> you can find it all through the Scriptures, but we're going to look at a few select passages today. This word for sojourners means a by-dweller, or a re in essence, we might call it today a resident alien. Somebody who's dwelling near, dwelling here. Thayers calls it one who lives in a place without the right of citizenship. A sojourner here on earth. Now, there's a reason why Peter uses this word, because of some things that Jesus taught him as well. Because he recognizes that our citizenship is not here. 
Now, we may be a citizen of a particular country here in this life in the natural. We were born in the United States or we were born in France or we were born wherever. And so we, we are automatically by birth a citizen of that country in the natural. That's not what, what Peter's talking about here. Peter is telling us to recognize that we are the people of God. And as such, we are dwelling here temporarily, but we're not from here. We're, this is not our citizenship. We have citizenship elsewhere. In the natural, yes, we may be a citizen of a particular country or nation. But the truth of the matter is that ultimately we have a citizenship that is not here. We are, it also includes this, he says, sojourners and cumulative. In other words, you are sojourners, but you are also at the same time pilgrims. Strangers here, one who comes from a foreign country into a city or land to reside there by the side of the natives. Let me read that again. One who comes from a foreign country into a city or land to reside there by the side of the natives. Now, that's important for us to understand. We're not from around here in reality. Our citizenship is elsewhere. We belong somewhere else. But we have come. God has sent us here into this foreign country called the earth, called the planet earth or our land, whatever area we're in. We have come from a foreign country into this city or land, wherever we are, in order for us to reside here temporarily for a season by the side of or with and in the midst of the natives, the rest of the world. Now I want to talk a little bit about the confirmation of Scripture for this that Peter is saying is the actual Reality and fact for us that are believers in Jesus Christ and know him as Lord and Savior. And I also want to close up with the purpose. So the first thing I want to do is turn to a few other scriptures quickly. And let's just look at these. In John chapter 17, verse 14 through 17, Jesus is praying here. We, we don't get to see a whole lot of his prayers, but this is one that we are given the words to. And he made it very clear. And the reason is because it applies not just to the disciples that he was praying over right then in the flesh, but it, just, it applies to every disciple of the Lord. You can read it. It's a beautiful prayer. I want to read verses 14 through 17 of John chapter 17. And he says this, I have given them your word and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them or set them apart out of this world. Set them and help them recognize they are called into this world for a special purpose for me, but they're not of this world. Sanctify, set them apart by your truth. 
What is truth? Pilate asked that. Jesus tells us right here in the rest of verse 17, your word is truth. The author of the of Psalm 119, we assume to be David, we don't know for sure, but the author says the entirety of your word is truth. And so God is speaking to us here and reminding us that we don't we don't really belong here. We are here on loan from the Lord, so to speak. We are here for a sanctified, a set apart purpose to honor him. And we're going to see more about that purpose in just a moment. I next want to go to the book of Hebrews and read (coughs) Hebrews chapter 11, verses 13 through 16. Hebrews 11, verse 13 says, this is where we have the hall of faith, so to speak, the hall of heroes of the faith. And he says in verse 13, these all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were assured of them. That's called faith. And that's why they're listed in this chapter. But were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Now, Peter didn't write the book of Hebrews. Well, we don't assume he did. As far as we know, he did not. We don't know exactly who wrote the book of Hebrews, but he's not high up on the list of potential authors. But yet, this author is saying the exact same thing that Jesus said and that Peter said, that they are, that, that we in that chapter, in that verse says, confess that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland. And truly, if they had called to mind that country from which they had come out, they would have had opportunity to return. But now they desire a better, that is, a heavenly country. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. And he has. And I'm going to tell you a little more about it now. We turn over to Hebrews chapter 12, beginning in verse 22. But you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven. That's in the Lamb's book of life. To God, the judge of all, to the spirits of just men made perfect to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. That's our homeland. That's our citizenship. Matter of fact, he goes on down, and he says in verse 28, he says this, Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear, For our God is a consuming fire. Praise be to God. So we're going home. We are sojourners and pilgrims in this life. But why are we here? Well, let's look at a few more scriptures as we close here today. Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 through 20 says this. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, 
teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. So he is telling us here, this is why we're here. We're here to preach the gospel. We're here to make disciples. We are here to reach people. Let's look at two other passages real quick as we draw to a close that will explain this maybe a little bit more for us. Let's look at, first of all, Matthew chapter 13, verse 36 through 38. Matthew 16, 36 through 38. In Matthew 13, um, he's given quite a few parables in this passage. And one of those is the parables of the wheat and the tares. And, and so in verse 36, it says, Then Jesus sent the multitude away and went into the house. And his disciples came to him, saying, Explain to us the parable of the tares of the field. He answered and said to them, He who sows the seed, the good seed, is the son of man. The field is the world. The good seeds are the sons of the kingdom, but the tares are the sons of the wicked one. And he goes on down and he explains that parable to them. But the point is, the field is the world. Why is that important to us? Well, let's lastly look at, we've already seen Matthew 28, what we call the Great Commission. Now let's look at John chapter 4, <clears throat> verse 33 through 38. Therefore the disciples said to one another, Has anyone brought him anything to eat? In other words, he had sent them away. He has the encounter with the woman at the well. And they come back and they've got food. And, you know, he says, My food is to do the will of God. I've already, basically, I've already eaten something. My food's to do the will of God. And then they're they're like well, clueless. You know, they're like, Well, somebody bring him something to eat. You know, so that's what they're thinking. And in verse 34, Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Do you not say there are still four months and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are already white for harvest. And he who reaps receives wages and gathers fruit for eternal life, that both he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. For in this the saying is true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you have not labored. Others have labored and you have entered into their labors. So here Jesus is telling us that the will of the Lord and finishing of his work is to, to look upon the fields and then to work in the fields. He's already told us what the field is. The field is the world. The field is the natives of this planet. Those that don't know Jesus. Those that right now do not have citizenship in the heavenly Mount Zion. Those who don't have citizenship above. And they're not looking and seeking that homeland yet. But God wants them to be a part of his citizenry. In heaven, And so we are called to go and preach the gospel and make disciples and work in the field that God has called us to sojourn and pilgrim in while we are here. Because one day, and hopefully one day soon, we are going home. But what will we take with us? You know, in the Old Testament, there are scriptures that talk about not appearing before the Lord empty-handed. We don't want to go and bury our talent and be the one that, that Jesus calls a wicked servant. No, we want to be one who brings forth fruit, not for our glory, 
but for his. I had a pastor in the past that used to say, I'm on my way to heaven, but I'm going to take as many with me as I can. Let that be our attitude that we recognize, first of all, that we are sojourners and pilgrims here, but also that we are here for a purpose, a sanctified purpose that Jesus has appointed for us and let us do whatever he has called us to do so that we are investing in people and bringing forth fruit so that when we do make it into our true homeland, we're going to have a bunch of people going with us and fruit for our labors. Praise be to God. I pray this is a blessing to you and that, Lord willing, you can join us again for future episodes of our Truth Tidbits. God bless you today in Jesus' name.